Hey there, I'm Josh. And I'm Jade. And on this episode of Our Taste is Trash, we review Scream 2022, or is it the requel? Invite guest Walt Bacon to talk euphoria and love is blind. And give our Oscar winner predictions. So remember to rate, review, and follow wherever you listen. Stick around. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome to episode 36. It's the show is in weeks. As old as I am, I think I'm making the same joke, Jade, because I'm so tired and can't think of new material right now. <laughs> Even though I did watch some new material because I was, Jade, I just got off a plane uh, from New York City. Oh, uh, city, oh, wow. uh, and I was in first class. No, no big deal. I, I people. I think people who fly first class tell other people that they fly first oh, class all the time. Course, yeah, because yes. I was upgraded, and it, it was you know no, no big, big deal. deal. Although I feel like. I felt like I was doing all of the things that like made it look like I had never gone in first class before, <laughs> because like there were several times where <laughs> I was awkwardly in the front seat, like the very first seat. Mm. So every time the you know stewardess came around to do something, I was always the first one. I was always like, "Fuck, I'm gonna fuck this up. I'm gonna fuck this up." Then <laughs> she was like, "A lot of pressure." Uh, will you be eating with us today? And I'm like. Uh, uh, Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and she was like, okay. I was like, okay. And she goes, well, we have three meal options. I was like, great. Yes. <laughs> and she was just like, she was like giving me a look every single time. I'm like, oh I'm not fitting in. I'm not fitting in. And one thing that I uh, totally messed up on was I thought she was handing me a napkin. No, Jade. In first class on uh, this flight, you get a linen yes. for your tray. And uh, so, yeah, so now I've learned when I get upgraded again in 25 years, I'll understand what that napkin's for. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. Nothing's worse. <sighs> so, anyway, now that I am uh, completely sleep deprived um, after getting off the plane, uh, Jade, I did get a chance to watch a few things this week. Oh, okay. I saw the new Ryan Reynolds movie, The Adam Project. Yes, Have you same. seen this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it came on my birthday, remember? Like, was it? Oh, that's right. Well, yeah. So, I just thought it was. Good. Yeah. Like, it was good. I think this is a solid movie. It wasn't, like, anything to, like, rave home about, but it was a decent sci-fi action flick with, like, good humor. You do not have to think hard about it at all when it comes to the time travel and, like, the plot. Like, it's very simple, but enjoyable. I mean, dude, and Ryan, I think, just called up all of his Marvel friends, right? Yeah, for this. absolutely. I mean, yeah. he's like, Mark yeah. Ruffalo, like, what are you doing for three weeks in, I don't know, I assume they shot in September. I don't, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. But seriously, yeah, like, you know, we have Mark Ruffalo as Hulk, you have uh, Zoe Saldana, who's Gamora, Ryan Reynolds himself is Deadpool, and even a throwback, Jennifer Gardner as Elektra <laughs> in Daredevil and Oh, Elektra. yes. I always forget, I always forget Jennifer Gardner was in Marvel for some reason. I don't know yes. why. It yeah. was a little while ago now. That's how she met her ex-husband, Ben Affleck. Oh, oh God, that's right. Who Damn. was Daredevil. And then the Batman, and another Daredevil <laughs> <Batman>. reference, <laughs> yes, is Colin. Oh. Uh... <laughs> I can't remember his last name. Jay, do ask me to remember things right wow, now. Veryl, there he is. Holy Colin shit. Colin Farrell was Bullseye in Daredevil, but he was Penguin in the new Batman. I actually did not know that he was Penguin in the first. I don't know. I have not. I have Jade, I have I have ignored most information about the new Batman because I I have want you? to set up zero expectations. Oh, have you not seen the TikToks about it? I've not. Uh, I, I I've avoid. I've seen them. They pop up and I I scroll right past, past because I'm like I don't 
I don't want my opinion already because I always I already want to be a little pessimistic about I'm the reboot. Heavily pessimistic, and I don't want other people to already continue to influence me. I want it to just be. Yeah, Go but into it blind. I do have a couple of other things that I enjoy. Yes. Uh, probably something you're not watching, The Lost Kingdom. I absolutely love it. I started that forever ago when it first came out, and I couldn't get into it. It's so dramatic sometimes for zero. Yes. Everything is 110%. Yes. I mean, it has swords. There's always a drama going on. Yeah. All of the time. This show kind of was trying to ride on the coattails of Vikings. It was. Yeah. And I think it won it when it first came out because it's, they've had gap years like, in, in their. What, like eight years old now? It has to be at least eight years old. Yeah. Like, but like, I love the, I, I love the recaps because they're one of the few shows that are still doing recaps nice. in theirs. And like. Probably have to. It's so goddamn dramatic, Jade. Like in, it's before every episode. So if you don't skip ahead, they show you the recap of the last episode. And it's like, <laughs> recently, um. Ingelbert was, you know, uh, <laughs> dreading his new... Because they all have these, like, old English names. So it was like, Elfwed was bewedded to this. And then it always ends with, destiny is all. Like, it's, like, so dramatic. I love everything about it. No. Like, and it, it just doesn't get old. Like, the guy, Uhtred, who is the main character, mm -hmm. always has feels this need to get involved in everyone's fucking drama and has to always go attack people and kill people and like it's it's just the American government yeah it's hey. oh got it <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I have also some my last thing Jaded that I've stumbled into is Upload have you yep. been watching this as well what, um, what are your thoughts on the new season okay first of all I've like discovered Upload <laughs> um, no, but yeah, I, I finished the second season like as soon as it came out. Um, again, because it came out on my birthday, and I personally enjoyed it very much. It's it's really pulling what happened in the first season, um, drawing out like that whole entire storyline, expanding upon it. We get some new characters, but um, I do see this second season as kind of a filler season. They're definitely building up for a bigger season three. That is what it felt like a lot because the main storyline of I haven't seen the finale yet, Jane. I've only oh, seen I'm only six. I haven't seen the finale, but change your mind. I'm sure it's not because it just feels like this whole season. Uh, you know, hasn't really, unless, again, maybe maybe I'm wrong because of the last episode, but we haven't really been following the main storyline all that much. You know, at least developing it. We've been kind of, like you said, developing all of this side story almost because the mm. story is about him getting murdered, right? Like, that's what yeah. we're supposed to be finding out about. Well, I think they do a good job of showcasing exactly what else is going on in play, like who bought Freon, what they're doing with Freon, which is the, you know, company that he started. They follow, you know, her, uh, his girlfriend's father, who's obviously involved, and yeah. the dead billionaire that he's, like, staying uh, with um, at the whatever place it's called that they live in, in the virtual world, but... Oh, yeah, what did, Oh, my God, I can't think of that. Lakeview Lake Lakeview, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, I think there is a lot that they do build upon that does follow that same storyline, but obviously there's going to be something even bigger. Um, you haven't seen the finale yet. Dun, dun, so. dun. Yeah. Um, I started a new show Ooh. this week, uh, Life and Beth, which is the, the Amy Schumer show that she wrote and directed and produced. That's on Hulu. Uh, yes. So. Uh, Jay, I'm yes. sorry. I, I always feel like I cut you off, but like. No, I, I feel like I do all the time. No, but like, I I feel like I can't say this almost because I'm a, I'm a male, but like, it's not that I don't find Amy Schumer funny. I've seen her stand up. I think she's, she's really good. It's been like recently, 
it's like we have you have to find what she says funny and some of her recent stuff, and I'm like, eh, it's okay. Like, I don't know. I don't really follow her stand-up, but I will say this feels like a much more mature Amy Schumer. Like, this story okay. is more introspective. There's a lot more depth to it. I mean, there's still some definitely cringy Schumer humor. That's a perfect word for it. Because yeah. there's this, there's this, this like, shtick Amy Schumer, like, humor yes. that's like, yeah. wow, that's, like, almost all rhymey. Uh, that's just, like, she says things, and you're like... Uh, yeah uh, it's like meant okay. to be funny but makes you uncomfortable yeah in and, a in a bad in way bad like way. not yeah. in a like oh i'm thinking or that makes me step outside myself it's yeah, like yeah. 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 No, um, so there's definitely some moments like that still in here but i think this feels like another step for her like in, in a good direction it seems like now that she's in her 40s she's and she's a mom that she's starting to Holy kind shit, of... shit, I forgot she's yeah, a mom. <laughs> I, think, I think she's thinking of humor in a much different light. And I, I think it works really well here. Even Michael Sarah, I think, does... He's still very much the awkward, might have Asperger's Michael Sarah <laughs> character, for sure. But, you know, I, I've been, I'm enjoying it so far. I think some of the episodes are really fantastic. Um, and I think she also has these great scenes that really showcase kind of the shit that women go through personally. Nice. Like, there's a scene where... You know, she's with Michael Sarah, and he tells her this man is not home, and they have sex in his front yard, and then she, and then, yeah, the guy ends up opening up the door, and he's like, hey, and they start running, and at first they're kind of, like, laughing, and then she stops, and she's like, no, I'm not, I'm not okay, actually, like, none of this was okay, like, you told me to trust you, you told me he wasn't home, and he was home, I feel like this was not consensual, like, I don't feel okay, and it gets very serious, and I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, and I was like, this is another step toward, like, this was a very, I think, critical moment, and I think it was done very well. So, I haven't finished it yet. We'll see where it goes, but so far, actually, not bad. Nice. Nice. Well, Jade, I thought we'd do something today, uh, because we haven't had a guest on in a while, and... I haven't had a chance to really talk about my thoughts on Euphoria because you don't watch. You haven't gotten to tell our audience really about Love is Blind all that much because yes. I have nothing to add. So I thought we'd call up one of our one of the friends of the show that yeah. we haven't talked to in a while, Walt Bacon. So let's give him a call and uh, we'll get him on here. Hey, Walt, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me back, guys. I'm glad that you guys are still around and not dead yet. Oh my I God, heard thank yeah, you're welcome. I heard horrible things like that you guys had like gone away for a while. But no, I mean, you guys are still alive. It's hard to find you. Well, well, I hope you've been watching up. And we just assumed with no foreknowledge that you had been watching everything that we've been watching as well. Yeah. So I wanted to start off because Jade and I, while we do watch many similar things, do tend to have our own things that neither one of us have any interest in watching. Like for me, that's Euphoria. Mm-hmm. For Jade, that's Love Is Blind. So have you you watched both of these, right? Well, I'm just assuming here. As a perpetually single man in his <laughs> mid thirties, yes, I've watched all of these things. Yes. <laughs> so Jade, I'm going to turn things over to you to like, and you might have to walk me through some Love Is Blind I'm- just so that I can have some kind of understanding of what's happening and why there's because I only thing I know literally of the show is the few TikToks that I've happened oh. to stumble across. So essentially, the premise is they never see each other. They talk in these pods. The goal is to get engaged. When they get engaged, they see each other for the first time. Then they go on vacation, try to see if they have chemistry. Then they have to live together in their homes and then meet the parents. And then on their wedding day is when they determine if they actually 
want to get married. So season one, there was a huge surprise in that two couples actually said, I do. And out of how many couples? It's like six. They usually do. Oh, yeah. That's so, a high ratio. Like it is. God it damn. Is. And so, I, yeah. Yeah. And like everyone fell in love with season one's couple, Lauren and Cameron. They were very genuine. They're very like, you know, their story was fantastic. Season two was unhinged. It was off the rails. <laughs> Every couple is insane. The The villain of this season was just, I mean, there's just so much happening. See, but you're also forgetting like key parts of this. This is hosted by Nick and Jessica Lachey. Yes, two Lachey's. people that know truly that love is completely lost. <laughs> um, they also when they I forgot in, these people existed. Mar, I, I forgot these people existed. Walt, like so did literally. America. <laughs> I, I've never forgotten Nick Lachey. <laughs> But also, they have to call what they are doing the experiment. Yes, that is something that you that you have they to talk about it all is, the time. And the, an experiment. the experiment. Yeah. When they go in, when they go and talk talk to each other's parents or get each other ready. Yes. Oh, in we did the experiment. They don't call it love is blind. It's the experiment. Yeah. Odd. What? Because they they basically build season one as we're doing this as an experiment to see if people can truly fall in love with each other without having ever seen each other first. And I was like, it's not just catfishing, but like, you know, it, whatever. I don't know if, but exactly. You know what? You know what that fucking reminds me of? Like, do you guys watch the Jamie Kennedy experience back in the day? Yeah. Oh, I remember the you've been exed. Like, that's what it fucking reminds me of. Like, what? <laughs> you've been exed. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But, but yeah, also, so- season one, season one gave us like one of the greatest television villains of all time. Uh, yes. And it wasn't really her fault. I think she was just, she just was living in her own little world. Her name is Jessica Batten. She you, coined, it wasn't her she fault? In, hold on here. Hold on. I love this. I'm now, now I'm into it because this, <laughs> this is, this is almost more fun than watching the oh show. <laughs> she She ended up getting the moniker Messica because yes. the girl she, she was, was a mess. She, she was a, a big old mess. She, she ended. She go ahead, stayed go with go Mark because she wanted to be on the show and she wanted to meet Barnett. And then she tried to basically get with Barnett after he was already engaged to Amber and she was engaged to Mark. And then she consistently fucking gaslit Mark about her feelings for him. And then she used the excuse of their age gap as a reason why she couldn't be with him. Mm. And then she's still after like everything, like the reunion episode where they were at that party, she's still fucking was so weird about shit and like weirdly gave the couples an anniversary present, which I think she only did that because she wanted to fucking still get with Barnett. Keep in mind, she was 34 at the time and Mark was only 24 at the time. Oh, wow. Well, she only said that 80 times. And she, yeah, she never let us forget that Mark was only 24. Yeah. Like she made, like when our kids are 10, Mark will be 34 and I'll be 44. Did you know, like, like when my kids Jessica, you know 21, math. <laughs> but there was a scene from season one. I think that sticks out in everybody's mind. They are at this whole party. All the couples are together and they're at, um, Bart at, uh, Barnett's, uh, Barnett and Amber's house. Yes. And she starts talking to Barnett. Who is the guy that she wanted to get with? 
Yes. Amber saw it. And I've never seen a woman open up a bottle with her forearm, a beer bottle. I have. But you just, I mean, no, no. Is that how you open beer bottles? In the the way that she did it, though. Oh, yeah. With not even looking at it, just the It wasn't a twist off. Let's just leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I wouldn't fuck with Amber. No. At all. Uh, with a, a girl with that much TJ Maxx debt, you do not mess with <laughs> That was the best part was, of that show. I have a lot of it debt. It was support. Barnett had it to sell his house to pay off her debt, and they live in an apartment. What? Yes. Yeah. That's not a yeah. healthy way to start no. off. <laughs> okay. But, okay. But. Season let's, two. Let's, 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 let's just let's move on, in. because, Josh, you're going to have to go back to season one. Season two, we all we all know the premise. We're all excited yes. to watch this. They decided they were going to be a little bit more inclusive and throw some heavier set people in there. So I was and like, all right. Immediately this, out. I, I feel I represented, see. But, they, but they got five minutes of screen time, and then that was <laughs> You know what? But the only screen time they got was when they were responding to Shake's really fucked up comments of like, could I hold you if I, uh, could I uh, carry you on my shoulders at a concert? Do you God. like to go to the gym? Do you work oh out? This, so this guy, yeah. Shake, Shake, ended up being, yeah, it's, I can't pronounce He's the true villain. He is the true villain of the season. Yeah, absolutely. He was going, he was, and you know what? He was asking all the girls about their weight, what they look like. It, it's kind of like that scene from The Office when Michael Scott was looking for a girlfriend and he asked Phyllis if her friend, if her friend could fit the <laughs> robo. That's what it was like. That's literally, that's exactly it. That's exactly what he did. And so like, but the most fucked up thing is somehow Deep T still said yes to him. And then, and then the entire time that him and Deep T are together, he literally keeps telling everyone around him, I'm not sexually attracted to her. Like I don't like, like I don't typically go for her. She reminds me of one of my aunts, like to the point that his own mother said, she does not even deserve like 20% of you. Like his own mother was like, you, you're you a piece of shit basically. And like, she deserves better. Oh my I, God. Yes. Yes. The, the entire time. That's and, terrible. This is yeah. not even, the, this is not even the tip of the villain iceberg. No. <laughs> I would not. like to tell you about, I would like to tell you about this woman named Shayna. Now, <laughs> yes. He's villain 2.0. Yes. Shayna came into this gung-ho guns blazing i'm going to be open and honest and tell everybody about everything i'm going to tell people about how i like it six times a day rail me in the kitchen do all stuff like that jesus yes hold on it it, it gets so much better (laughs) (laughs) it gets so much better this is why this season this season i watched the entire season in a day i waited till all the episodes were up i couldn't stop no, I had so many meetings that day and I was just on, on mute the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so she gets in this quasi-love tri- triangle with, oh with I, it's, I keep it's calling uh, Kyle confusing. and Shane. And so Kyle she and Shane. likes Shane. But like... And then, Love them. Yeah, it's fucking weird, you know, because Shane is also talking to Nick Natalie, but he has a completely different approach to both of them. So whenever he's in the room with Shane, he always asks, what are you wearing? Oh. And it's always the top and the pants. Let's hop. Let's hop. Let's hop. Sweatpants? Jesus. Oh, my God, that's if so you've hot. Ever, if you've ever seen a, I'm, 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 allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, 
and I say this with for entertainment purposes and allegedly just in case anybody's <laughs> listening and or watching. Mm-hmm. If you've ever seen somebody coming off a Coke problem or coming <laughs> off a Coke bin, I swear to God. Okay, well, the constant licking and sucking of the teeth. Oh the guy, my God. Is, the guy's the guy looks like he's consistently going through. Is he not like through. Jake Busey's twin? He has to be related to Gary Busey in some. Jake, is he a cousin? I, I mean, they've got to be related. I, you know, I, if they aren't related, I'm going to be disappointed. Oh my god! I want a 23 and me right now. He has to be a Busey. But I'm going to go back and watch Predator Two planet. just yes. to see if, if if there's any more similar. But the teeth. They have the huge teeth. teeth, His eyes always look like he's surprised (laughs) 24-7. And then, not only that, but, like, he tried to gaslight the shit out of Natalie. So there's this scene where he goes into the pods, and Natalie says hi. And he thinks he's talking to Shayna. So his tone and everything is different. He goes, hey, hey, Shayna, what are you wearing? And Natalie's immediately like, what the fuck? (laughs) And, like, and then he's like, like, hello? Are you there? Hello? Shayna. Hello? <laughs> and Natalie's like not saying anything. He's freaking out. And she's like, it's Natalie. And then he starts being like, oh my God, you can't be mad at me about this. You can't be mad at me about this. How is I supposed to know? So fucking weird. It's so bad. And like, there's this like thing of like, he keeps being in different weird positions when he's like in the rooms. Like he's like on the he's couch. Like, laying with his, on his back with his feet up. It's crazy. Yes. Oh, it's so but, insane. But like after gaslighting Natalie, she still says yes to him. And then mind mm-hmm. you, Shayna backed off of Shane because Natalie basically kept being like, oh, I think I'm Shane's number one. We're boyfriend, girlfriend. So then Shayna, of course, now knowing that Shane and Natalie are together, takes her second best choice, Kyle. Oh, who, oh Kyle. Who, oh, have you ever seen the SM? If you've ever seen the SNL skit, uh, Mr. Peepers, uh, starring Chris Kattan, that is what he looks like. A a small, little man, half man, half monkey. (laughs) He's, um, poor sweet man. Poor sweet, poor, it was was like the episode of How I Met Your Mother was like, oh, honey, the entire time. (laughs) This is why she's Jessica 2.0, because again, she says yes to Kyle, knowing she doesn't like him. But she still wants to be on the show. So they get to their like vacation in Mexico. And she keeps bringing up religion is why they don't get together. Because Shayna's a devout Christian and he's an atheist. And it'll never work. Even though, by the way, we never learn if Shane is religious at all. And she never once asked Shane's religious beliefs. But yet, the reason why they can't be together is because Kyle's an atheist. She leaves him in Mexico, Josh. Oh, my God. And when they get, yes, Lisa, like just fucking dips. She just leaves. And then, cause she's like, I'm going back to my room and then just leaves the fucking country. They get back to Chicago and he still is like, no, we can make this work. And I was like, what the fuck? No. Keep in mind, she still has his grandmother's wedding Wedding ring. ring. Yes. He gave her the grandmother's wedding ring. Yes. No. Mm -hmm. Come on. Come on. And. And they did this like get together thing where all of them go to the beach and they're having dinner or whatever. So Shayna finally meets Shane and they like sit on the beach and she basically is like, oh, you know, like, like things with like Natalie and you, like it wouldn't have been if I would have been more aggressive and I would have like gone after you and yada, yada. And oh my Shane God. actually kind of came through a little bit and was like, yeah. 
no. Like, I love Natalie. I'm engaged <laughs> to her. Like, the fuck? Like, oh my God. But and then was- she also, but she also called Natalie. Yes. And said, hey, if anything doesn't work out with Shane, I have somebody I can hook you up with. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't it work with my fiance? Yes. You stupid, stupid woman. Also, mm. my favorite thing about Shayna is she does this like squinting thing and like purses her lips and she looks like Randall from Monster Zinc. She always is like, that's what it is. It's, yeah. She does this. She's like, mm. so squinting in the eyes, pursing of the lips. Like she's thinking so hard, her eyes have to close. Um, but yeah, it's it, Josh, this show is so <laughs> unhinged. There's, there's so much drama between all the couples like Sal and Mal, like, uh, who is it? Jarrett and Ayana. So Jarrett and Mallory were going to get together. And then Jarrett asked Mallory if he were to propose. Would she say yes? And she said no. So then he proposes to Ayana, which is his second choice. They get married, by the way. Oh, my God. Apparently, And apparently they're super happy right now, yeah. which is ridiculous. I'm like, okay. And then Sal and Mallory, which you tell Mallory's like not into Sal. But I'm like, but then why didn't you say yes to Jarrett? And then they, like then they get drunk in Mexico and fucking Jarrett and Mallory have a conversation where Jarrett's basically like, oh, if it was us, like, I would have gotten you the gold ring that you wanted. And she's like, yeah, you would have. Like, <laughs> let's move on to a euphoria. Let's move on to euphoria because I have so many oh. opinions. I don't even know where, I don't know where to fucking start. Like, I want to know how season you two. got into euphoria. Okay, so. I, was, I, I, got, I got into euphoria in a massive, massive depressive state of my life. So, I don't know. No, no. no. So, well, like most things, I start doing things ironically or because I think they're funny. And then it, I couldn't, I couldn't in good conscience say that I was watching the entire season ironically because I ended up on euphoria TikTok. And just stuck, like the references, I, I I just kept getting stuck in them. And I was like, I have to watch just so I understand what these TikToks are about. And then it just, it after the third episode, it fucking grabbed me. Like I could not get away from the show. So wait, did you jump in season two or did you? Yeah, jump so in I jumped, start- no, I, I watched season one to catch up, but like oh, I did yeah. not watch in season one. I watched when season two was released. That's when I really started it for you. And then I binged it. I fucking binged the oh whole thing. God. It was great. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, I I watched I watched season one when it first hit, and I was going through a massive depressive episode at that time, which probably that's is not a good show to watch when you're depressed because it's fucking depressing. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh no! It was definitely not. And once I learned about Rue's dad, oh that was that was really good for this. Oh, oh, Seventeen thousand times they tell you that her dad is dead. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the time. Clothes are so bad. Forget she's traumatized because her dad died. Yeah, and she does drugs because her dad. Drugs because her dad's dead. I'm just gonna come out and make this blanket statement because I like doing that in the show. Well, uh, Rue is the fucking villain of this whole story. She's terrible. (laughs) She's the worst. She's (laughs) the worst. She is the worst character. Listen, I don't know if anybody follows Michael Che on the old Insta. He deleted all his posts about it. Damn it! I should have saved it. So anyway, um, no, she is the villain. I agree. Um, but there are several villains in this show. Jules. I like to think that Ka- J- Jules. Cassie. How is, wait, how is Jules a villain? Wait, please explain. Don't even, I, I could go on about this forever. How the fuck do you, okay, you're looking out for your friend in season two? That's fine. You want to tell the mom about the drug addiction? That's fine. How the fuck do you show up in the kid's shirt who you just fucked to rat your friend out 
and then like act like you don't understand why they're angry. You know what I mean? Like she did the thing that she was so afraid of Rue doing and then acted like it wasn't a big fucking deal. Like, no, fuck you, Jules. Like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I think I think I think Jules had already lost pretty much all emotional attachment, almost all emotional attachment to Rue. Yeah. Because of the of what Rue was doing during her. She comes back. She comes back. Like they're best friends. Like she's been missing her the whole time, which makes no fucking sense. Makes no goddamn sense. Do you have anyone that you love that has an addiction? Zero people. Okay. No, I'm so. just kidding. I, just, no, I'm just, <laughs> kidding. I, just, I was going to say no to anything you said, Jay. No, but it's not about, I mean, I understand yeah. the addiction part, but like it, it just, I don't know. It, it, her emotion, her character after a while for me did not care for her no. after a while. I think we, I think after season one of Jules, um, I think we had all kind of had, you know, our, <laughs> Our Phil. Our Phil. Um, I mean, granted, what happened to her was pretty, pretty bad. Oh, it's fucked up. Also, listening to another five-minute song by Elliot is just another song I don't. (laughs) Another thing I never want to do ever again. Um, it was just something he was working on. Um, (laughs) Why does every? Hold on. Well, can we talk about this? Why does every show now feel the need? To either become a a musical or b bring someone on that needs not only to sing a song but has to be a complete goddamn song. What? Why? What the fuck? Because they can buy it into music sales. Ugh. Which I'm not gonna lie, it showed up on my Amazon playlist like the next day. <laughs> like I, I didn't. The thing is, I didn't search it out. It just popped up on my like the playlist that Amazon curates for you, it just popped up on there. Which, and it's saved to my... Side note to this, now. I am a little upset that because of Euphoria, people know who Labyrinth is because I have loved Labyrinth pre-Euphoria and now I feel like that's all he's known for and I'm just kind of like, God damn it, Is dude. that the... It's like the whole fucking yeah, soundtrack yeah, this is it, Labyrinth. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's just I it's, can't I can't hear that music now and not think of Foria immediately. Well, yeah, like immediately, that's all I think of. I'm like I love him as an artist, but slowly but surely, Euphoria's been killing it for me. So, uh, like this season, uh, let's talk a little more about this. Well, like what favorite characters, terrible characters, street, you know, favorite character, favorite, favorite character, all in all, is going to be Suze. I'm sorry, any really. She is my favorite character, and I may just be an Alana Ubox stan as much as they possibly can be. <laughs> but the way she tries, she corrals her daughters is fantastic. And I love seeing her drunk at a play, knowing oh. that a boy in drag is her. I I love that. I think she has the perfect time, and she's she's the perfect character. My second favorite character is my favorite nepotism baby in the entire world, world Maud Apatow, who <laughs> plays Lexi. Yeah. What? Oh, make yeah. a face. We got a we got a face like there, Jay. We got problem. I, I don't have a face. I don't think Maud Apatow is a good actor. <clears throat> you haven't so seen Euphoria. You haven't so seen Euphoria. Sorry, Judd and Leslie. She um, is underutilized I in this movie, remember, in the show. I have like, watched. You have watched a little bit, yeah. Have, yeah. Have, have, have we have we not seen Knocked Up? 
Yeah, she's what's, what's wrong with her? That she's a child who gives a shit. You know what I mean? Oh but my like, god, Macaulay Culkin was a child, and he fucking carried all of his films. Okay, <laughs> Mod Apatow was like a little side character in oh Knocked god. Up. God, this is Mod and Iris. Mod and Iris are both fantastic. But of course, we we know who the star of this show is. It's not Zend. It's not Zendaya. It's not um, Maddie Perez, Alexa, Alexa who, uh, Demi, and her, I think she's fantastic as well. But Sydney Sweeney right now. Is, oh, Cassie. That's it. Cassie. I mean, granted, we know why everybody jumped on the Cassie train. We know why. There's two reasons. It's because we're impeccable. No, no, it's her impeccable <laughs> act. Um, but now that she's going to be part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I'm excited for, we yes. love her her um her monologue about being in the play Oklahoma. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've seen that on TikTok. So good. The I mean it you had Brian Cox from Succession <laughs> Succession do the exact same thing and it was it's great. She is and I hate to be that guy. She's the moment right now. It's Sydney Sweeney's world and we're all just living in it. She's like I said, she's joining the she's joining the MCU. She's going to be well the Sony MCU. Is is this fun. Marvel Marvel role for her going to be the first time that we're, she's not going to be topless in a movie? Again, we have not seen her topless. We we have not. We have absolutely. Do you not season one? Season one. It is just a static shot hanging out full breast, both of them out. Both, like all of it. Like I said, I was I was in a massive depressive state during it's, season one, so I probably missed that. Season two, she is the only one who's nude for the most part, except well, for like Cal. We see from my memory. <laughs> we see Cal's dick, but like, I mean, Sydney Sweeney, if she's ever nominated for this, should get a an acting award and a supporting actress award for her tits because they are literally a supporting character Josh in the show. Talks a lot about her breath. They're almost yeah, a I character in the, the show. I get the DMs too. I get them too. I get the DMs from him about them all the time. But Joshua, also let's talk about they, can we listen. Have, can we have two breakout stars though from this show? The two breakout stars. First off, Ashtray, who if we all remember oh. was the Under Armour. He was the Under Armour kid. From like a few years back. Oh my god, like, I I forgot about that. Yeah, like he's 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 a he's a he was a little he was a little stud back in the day, and the way he went out, he went out. I mean, protecting. What, what was I, it? The thing is, we were just, we were we were discussing this. Like, why did he have all of these guys? You know what? I think he was protecting his adopted grandma, who for some reason slept through an entire gunfight. She doesn't wake up. She's she's she's, 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 she's on pills. Yeah, it's true. She's on a lot of drugs. But like, I don't understand. I don't understand the ending for that character. Like, I understand him being fucked up. I understand him murdering people. Like, like they kind of explain that. But like, him just going out in a blaze of glory like that, I don't get it. Yeah, man. He had to kill. Hey, Custer sucked anyway, man. He had to kill Custer. (laughs) You gotta have some real stakes to the game, okay? Apparently, I mean, um, you have to kill a twelve-year-old. Dude, are are we? Well, somebody had to die. In season three, are we going to get more Fez and Lexi? Are we? Are we? Are we going to see well, that storyline? I hope so. She's going to have to go visit him. She's going to have to go visit him in jail because he's not getting out anytime soon. Well, I mean, I want good. Yeah. Oh, oh no! Goodbye. Oh, that hurts. That hurts Goodbye, me. Fez. Fez is Fez. Fez is better than Nate Jacobs. And your Riverdale <laughs> named brother, <laughs> fucking ashtray <laughs> like jelly bean over here. 
But I mean, can we talk about the real hero of that episode? The one person that held it down more than anybody else could ever Ooh. ever could. Faye. Faye herself, oh. who purposely gave out um the the drug dealer's address. Yep. Purposely, because she knew she was being recorded. And did I have to run back to my Twitter account and delete some really, really hateful <laughs> tweets about this character once that episode happened? Yes, oh, I did. Oh, my God. Well, her character was fucking useless for most part. Like, in the whole season, you were like, why is this person even here? And then you're like, oh, oh, fuck. Like, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, if you know her previous work, you know why she was there. Oh, I mean, if, yeah, if you Google her name and there's all sorts of uh, credits to her name that come up. There's so many, so many. She's <laughs> so many, so many movies she's been in. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm on her. I am, I'm on her IMDb right now. And for a 20, what, what how old is she? 25? Mm-hmm. Jeff, 85. 23 year old. She she has 175 acting credits. To her. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Are they all commercials? What is this? Uh, oh, oh wait, you, you don't, don't know? know about Chloe Sharon? You don't know who this is? You don't know. Oh, and, uh, she um. Good, good, good. No, no, she no, no, has been in uh, many Chloe, films that uh, mainly oh, the mainstream. Is she has a predominantly male audience? Yes. Uh-huh. No, no, no. I, I, I maybe, I maybe now. even a small female audience. Uh, also. Oh no, no, there's a large female audience. Yeah, a large, it's a large female, large it's a large audience. female audience. From, from what I've seen, it's a large female audience. Jesus Christ! Oh man, but I'm, I mean, I'm looking forward I mean, to season three. Like I, I'm here. I'm here for the long haul. I think for for you. I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy to have you here. Movie review. First look. Well, we're going to take a first look at our movie this week, which is Scream 2022. And is that what we're calling it? Scream Requel. We, oh, we should call it the Requel. Like, yeah. and, oh, we're going to explain that after the break. But I, Jay, this is, I had my doubts. Like, I, I know last, I had already gotten a sneak peek before we reviewed it this week. I had high hopes, but I was a little bit hesitant. It, the movie only got better. It, it. It's amazing. I like, have a feeling this movie's going to be good. It's so true right. to the first Scream in a good way. There's so many movies that reboot themselves and do terrible, terrible things. This is as close oh. to the original. We will discuss Halloween comparisons. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you wait? So wait, you guys watched this when it came out of Paramount Plus. You didn't go to the theaters for this? I ranked it on Amazon. Uh, I just watched it on a plane, actually. <laughs> it's on Delta right now for those flying. Yeah. <laughs> I went, I listen, I went opening night and wore a Drew Barrymore, aka Casey Becker shirt. Oh, yes. he's, and was in a movie and was in a movie theater with about 15 other people wearing ghost mask costumes. Oh, fantastic. Terrifying say, seeing I, as the plot yeah, of Scream 2. And that's bold being in Florida, Walt. Like that, you're taking I, your I, life I, in your hands. Literally. Yeah, I mean, I literally thought I was gonna get stabbed. That would be terrifying. That would be terrifying. Like, if anyone moved in that theater, I would have been like, ah. <laughs> like <laughs> if you've seen the movies, I did not get up to go to the bathroom. No, no, no. I'll I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> no, and I'm not gonna lie, I needed to go to the bathroom really bad. And just I like refused to move. Cup. You know, guys, I, yeah. I just want to say one thing because we'll we'll talk about this part of the break. Yeah, uh, there was one scene I was angry at, and I, I want some backup on this. The two character two characters go down at the, in the party scene 
to get more beer for the party. And they walk upstairs with one goddamn beer. I saw that too. One goddamn beer. What the fuck was that about? We'll get into it, but Mindy requested the beer specifically for herself. But you, you. you know the party's out of beer. Like, you you can't just grab six or seven beers. You got to grab one beer. Kids today, kids, kids today are selfish, man. What do you, what do you expect? <laughs> come, come on, Josh. It's every person for themselves. Uh, okay, well, anyway, I know I already know this is going to be a great review because I'm excited. Jen, I know you're excited. We're going to get come right back after the break and do our movie review of Scream. I'm still calling it 2022. presentation hello it's happening three attacks so far do you have a gun i'm sydney prescott of course i have a gun something about this one just feels different samantha i'm i know who you are i've been through this a lot This is your life now, which means that whoever this is is going to keep coming for you. You ready for this? Never. And once again, our movie this week is Scream. And what's let's come to a consensus. Is it 2022? Is it Scream 5? Or is it the requel? The requel. I've I've been calling it Scream. I can't. I mean, I know. It's all it is. Like, I've been calling it Scream. I can't. Text and like, and then I'm like, I'm texting people like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm watching Scream. Oh, the old one or the new one? The new one. I, I'm not going to type out, oh, Scream 2022, Scream Recall. I'm like, but then now you have to respond. But, You're like doubling up the amount of conversation that, when you could just say the new Scream, Scream 2022, yeah. Scream the Requel, Scream 5. Because it's like saying Batman or like fucking <laughs> Spider Man. Oh, what? Which Spider Man? Which Spider Man? Or Halloween. Yeah, Halloween. Yeah, exactly. Is it fucking oh, Halloween? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm but we need some initial thoughts here because I already said it. This fucking movie, like this, is everything I wanted in this type of movie, and I had my doubts, right? Because it's not Wes Craven, like he, right. he's he's dead. He, but this was, but what a fucking tribute! Like everyone who worked Sorry. on this, <laughs> everyone who worked on this movie, I felt like tried to be so true to the vision of not. Not two, Scream 2, not Scream 3, not Scream 4, but the original Scream, scream that we all loved. Like, right. ah, like, initial thoughts, Jade. I mean, I, I think they did a really great job. I, I believe during interviews they had mentioned, like, this was meant to be an homage to Wes Craven. And uh, even uh, Nev Campbell had said that the only reason she signed on without Wes Craven mm. obviously being at the helm was because the script felt essentially like it was a Russ creep, like it was written by Russ creep. Her, her, so, her fucking character was fantastic. Like, oh my, God, oh yeah. my God. Every time she was on screen, I was like, fuck yeah. Like, well, and it felt like original Sydney Prescott, you know, <laughs> like they, they kept so many things in vain, but without also, you know, it wasn't like they just glossed over all the things. They, it was very meta, which is what Scream has always been. Yes. And they, they made sure to not only 
pay homage, but also play into like the same tropes and the story. And they knew exactly what they were doing. My favorite line from her is right in the beginning when they're introducing her, when she gets the call and she's like, they're asking if she, if she has a gun and she's like, I'm Sydney fucking Prescott. Of course I have a gun. And I'm like, yes, like this is everything I want. Like, well, I mean, since you were the OG, apparently the first person who ever watched this movie, aside from, you know, the directors, what, what were your thoughts? Yeah. So initially I had extremely, extremely high hopes. I was oh, no. one of those people that was following, you know, Twitter leaks. This person's going to be in it. This person's going to be in it. And then, you know, they weren't in it. I was kind of upset about that. But now I'm reading things and there's going to be, a, apparently there's going to be another movie. So I still have a little yeah, bit. Yeah, there <laughs> um, This is my second favorite film in the franchise after the first one. Yeah, um, it makes sense. Totally great. Like, yeah. Easy, easily after the first one, this is my second favorite film in the franchise. I like how they introduced this new group of characters. It mm-hmm. seems like, it seems like you're going to keep going with this story. Um, I spoilers for anybody that hasn't seen it yet. Bringing back Skeet Ulrich as Billy Loomis, um, to be a ghost dad. I mean, that whole twist. I mean, I hope it gets explained of who he. I mean, how how we got with her mom somehow because between murdering and you know and then dying. He was cheating on Sydney sometime in high school. Yeah, but it made sense though because he blamed Sydney. Like for his like what his father's death right, or like no for his parents. No, why, why his why, why his mother left his father? Because yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, his parents that's right. Yeah, so he blamed her. So I think he hated her. So it makes sense he was cheating on her. You know, because he didn't have real feelings. Because do we have any idea who the mom actually is? No, that's never talked about. Never, so I think we never saw it. We never I saw. I think they really yeah. explore that because Sam Carpenter is the new Sydney Prescott, as we know, mm-hmm. which. Uh, I have some feelings about <laughs> that actress in particular. Well, let's talk about more of the good first, because like yeah. for me, what really set this yeah. movie up was th- how they incorporated like that first initial slasher scene, like oh, new yeah. technology. I thought they did it in oh. a genius way because let's face it. For those of us who have a house phone, which is not many people these days, I would do the same thing. If the fucking house phone rang, I'd be like, not answering that garbage. Like, it's obviously like, yourself. like a, a solicitor. Yeah. And then the texting back and forth. And I'm like, yeah, like I was like, this is someone's calling the house. And I'm like, this is fucking genius. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. Oh. Also, when he asked, when he asked her what her favorite scary movie was, and she so said good. the Babadook. I never wanted someone to get their throat slashed. Oh. <laughs> well, I just had the whole conversation about elevated, elevated horror. horror. Oh my god! So good. There's she says one. She says, of course, making fun of the stab movies. Is she's like, oh, if you like, like it's um better than that schlocky cheese ball <laughs> nonsense with wall to wall jump scares. And I was like, God, god damn. It. No, but I love the explanation of elevated horror. I had to go back and rewind oh, and yeah. write it down. But it was like, you know, elevated horror. It's scary with complex emotional and thematic underpinnings and i'm like <laughs> that is what someone who watched the babadook once would fucking say AKA yeah. Josh. <laughs> like, i've seen the babadook three times and i saw it before it was cool like i was talking about the babadook before it became a gay and people, yeah exactly when people would be like oh yeah i saw that and i'm like <laughs> okay i feel the whole yeah now it's like, like donnie darko for folks like <sighs> they think they've seen donnie darko and they act like they know indie film yeah they're like oh i know indie film i saw memento once and it's like no get the fuck out of here like 
<sighs> but yeah, the whole conversation on Elevated Horror sent me. Like, I was yes. like, I'm already hooked on this whole fucking movie. I was, like, I was, I was invested. I was <laughs> highly invested in the movie. Um, of course, we spoke about it earlier. The little homages that they put all mm-hmm. throughout the entire movie with mm-hmm. uh, Rand- with uh, Randy's nieces and nephews. God, um, so good. Dewey having Tatum's ashes in mm-hmm. his trailer. Um, Stu Mocker's house. Yes. My yeah. God, Stu Mocker's so, house. The final scene. So it's, it, I mean, the fact they play on the original so much, but yes. at the same time they call themselves out. It's it's what makes Scream scream, you know? Like, yes. What, one of my favorite scenes is literally Mindy, who's Randy's niece, is watching the stab movie and this scene with her uncle randy is yelling at jamie lee curtis in halloween saying look behind you jamie which we all know is funny because he's jamie kennedy um <laughs> as the killers come up behind him and then she's repeating his line to him like look behind you as the killer's coming up behind her and i was like fucking genius i mean yes and then the realization when she's like look behind and then like of course fucking turns around and there's the killer and i was like Yes. Can I say one of the lines that really like killed me though in this movie, and it made me cringe, and I it, it just made reaffirmed that I'm a movie snob uh, because <laughs> it was when the boyfriend they're driving, and he's like, you know, I mean, I've never seen Gone with the Wind, but uh, yeah, I don't see it as a hole in my cinematic knowledge, and I was like. <laughs> Gasp, gasp, because they're talking about the stab movies that he hasn't seen all of them. And I was like, oh yeah. my God. Uh, mm. Oh God, I can't. I, I, oh, this, this was put in here to anger cinematic, like people, like of cinematic mm-hmm. education. Like, you, oh God. God. Yes, yeah, so I'm sure this, all, all of the cinematic scholars are going to watch the new Scream movie. And just then they be. should. So they absolutely at, should. At that one particular like, line. <laughs> I it this hurt wasn't so. I felt you. targeted in that line. I felt oh targeted god. because I mean, oh my god, they they would never do this at age twenty four. Oh my! But but I did love that at least like they acknowledged essentially the fact that like so Scream Four is canon. Of course, now we know which mm-hmm. was Scream Four. I think had none of the original characters, right? I don't even no. remember. Scream um, 4. I can't recall. I think was Nev Campbell in it? No, she I, definitely I literally... was not. Nev Campbell definitely was not. I don't know if maybe was Dewey the only character in Scream. I know Dewey, Dewey was in it. He might sure. have been. Yeah. Um, no, she's slated in this. Nev Campbell is. Maybe it's because it's uh, archive footage. Like, like you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, they have her and Gail Weathers. I mean, they have like teeth, like small little scenes, like on on like a television or something. Yeah, but, but um, they were they were not. In it, in it. Like in it, yeah, yeah. I think you'd get billed if they use footage from like another movie or something. But yeah. regardless, though, it, it's interesting because Hayden Panettiere, who is the lead of Scream Four, and then the final girl, Kirby, was actually supposed to have a, a cameo in this film, and um, due to scheduling reasons, she wasn't able to. But I guess there's an Easter egg of her um, doing like a uh, interview or something, like during. So the it's when there it's. It's when they're sitting, they're sitting and watching the YouTube videos. Yes. If you look to the right on the screen, it says Woodsboro survivor, Kirby, I forgot whatever her name is. um, Oh, it's out. So yes. Yeah. There's also, also, um, and we're going to talk about cameos just a little bit. Did we not notice who the voiceover was at the beginning of the movie at the school? No, no. Matthew Lillard was, he was, he was in the movie. movie. Yeah. I mean, but 
also the principal of this school who was making announcements over the loudspeaker uh, Drew was Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. That's right. Oh, yes. I did yeah. not catch that. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because they, I thought it was great that, you know, because Drew Barrymore has her own talk show, Josh. Oh, <laughs> I still don't believe that's real. That I, it, I see the clips and I'm convinced it's just a fake uh, show. Like it makes oh no God. sense for Drew Barrymore to have a talk show. It just, but it's amazing it can't convince because, me. Because of course she had the cast on her show and her having been in the first film, it was just this, like weird experience of like her being talking about this new film had but having been in the first it seems film. so meta that seems it, like, it like it's like scream being like scream talking about itself as stab like yeah. that's what it feels like um, <laughs> but i do love the new rules established for this oh, film. the requel <laughs> i that whole sequence is fucking amazing like uh it's a re- what, what's the other term for it they're like it's a requel um it also could be a they call it a reboot or a something else they're like fans um, are conflicted on the term but you know you can't you have to have what some franchise characters to mix with new characters but introduce the new characters but you need franchise characters to link it to the original even if the storyline wasn't meant to continue and i was like holy fuck they're so right like yeah essentially they're explaining the purpose and the premise of this entire film which was incredible and then dewey basically says like here's like the rules and he's like Number one, never trust the love interest. I love that. (laughs) Fucking hello. Number two, the killer's motive is always related to the past. And number three, the killer is always a part of a close group of friends, which, of course, it's all proven to be true. (laughs) Amazing. Which is why act one, I told Josh, I figured out the killers in act one. I was like, it's obviously Richie, number one. And I was like, and number two, it has to be Amber because she's the closest person to Tara. I I love how this movie, too, characterizes or gave itself a genre. It's like, um, you know, it's. You know, Stab is meta, what do they say? Meta slasher whodunit. And I'm like, yes, like that's exactly what it fucking is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, the fact that what she was motivated by was that she lived in Stu Mocker's house. Yes. And when like that happened, and I know there was only like 15 minutes left in the movie when she said, oh, my parents bought Stu Mocker's house and this is turning me into this. Yeah. I still had a little bit of hope. I had a little bit of hope Stu was going to show up and be like the mastermind behind all of this. Because I am of belief that he is not dead. I don't believe Stu Mocker. Yeah, we saw a TV fall there on his head. But was talk, even in the, the Scream sequel, second and third movies, there was discussions with Wes Craven, possibly bringing back Stu. Because, Interesting. Yeah, there was like not this like 100% confirmation of death of Stu. So they were like, there is could always be a possibility. But um, it was he weird is a background because, actor in Scream 2. Yeah, that's true. He is the back. So I thought, okay, they're going to pull this in as the guy that's always been watching. Like Stu has yeah. been back this entire time, not dead. And, you, you know, he kills nephew yeah. just for the story. You know, I think he would. And then also, Matthew <laughs> <was kind of laughs> immediately. I think he would. <laughs> I, I mean, I love a good story. I'm not going to say I'd kill my nephew, but I mean. Also, Matthew Lillard out there tweet, tweeting saying, hey, I could survive a TV falling on my head. I mean, Stu could have talked. I mean, they sent me on a wild goose chase. I was really excited for that. And then, you know, he wasn't in it. And, but there's going to be another movie. So I'm still yeah. thinking. I'm still holding up for this you whole master plan. But I do this love. Is all going to be still. The one line um, when... Uh, What's her face basically is like talking shit about Dewey, how he could possibly be the killer. And he's like, maybe you're the killer. 
Because that cut deep. <laughs> He's like, because yeah, because basically it was like, you know, you're the sheriff and like you're you're divorced and like you have all this like you've been stabbed nine times and you're like resentful of like all these people. And I'm like, damn, dude. So there were a lot of I want to talk about kills because this there were some great, I thought, slashers. One of my favorites was Honestly, when the sheriff gets killed, because that was probably the one that surprised me the most. That was like, a good kill. that was like she's running home to try and save her son, who's the fucking kid from Thirteen Reasons Why. I'm so glad he dies in this. But oh like, God. he, that was so because I was like, holy shit, how are they going to spin this? And then when it just happens, she runs up to the door and just stab, and I'm like, holy fuck, like holy fuck, this is yeah. amazing. And then th- this movie is. I feel like much more brutal than the original. Like they don't just stop at like one stabbing. They're like, oh, dude, they got stabbed. That's insane because he stabbed her so many fucking times in daylight in front of her own house. Yeah. And I was like, there's not a single neighbor that's like not <laughs> like, hey, but what do you what are you gonna do if you see your neighbor get stabbed? Are you gonna run out there? I'd be like, I I should I should probably call the oh she is the cops. Uh oh well. <laughs> well, I think it might be a little different for us because we live in Florida. And yeah, I feel that's like true. everyone owns a gun. Yeah. Here, so. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then turn around and stabbing the kid directly in the throat. God, oh, dude. It was slow. Yeah, it was just like that. There's a couple there's a couple kills like that though where you think there's like that fake getaway where they do like the initial like oh I've caught you and then the killer's like nope push down in your chest and you're like fuck me like and not only that but I I think too like just in general what I love about all the scream movies is that the killers are not these invincible people. You know, and so I love, like, they kind of get their asses kicked, but, like, in the end, they still win against most of the people. Yeah. And, you know, they, they everyone puts up, like, a really good fight. I do love when, um, uh, what's her face? I think Sam bites uh, Richie at one point in the arm, and I was like, fuck yeah, more biting, please. Yeah. <laughs> like His, his death is probably my favorite, survive. second favorite. Like, when, when she finally stabs the shit out of him at the end, oh. that's a fucking great destiny. He might be the best actor in the entire movie. Like, honestly, what yeah. Was her, yes. What was her line, like, don't fuck with the daughter of a serial killer, killer. my dad was a serial killer? Yeah. Yeah, that's she, like, that was her, like, she's like, oh, she forgot about the other rule. Like, never fuck with the daughter of a serial killer. And I was like, eh. What's, why, she's not... I wanted her to be Nev Campbell. I really did, and she's not. Let's okay. face it. This is the this is the downside that I have to say about this was who they chose to be essentially the the carrier of the next series of franchises, the new Sydney Prescott. I don't think she has that power. Like I don't think she brings enough presence to the screen to really make her the central character. Well, I think it's that whole scene in the hospital. You know what I mean? Like, that's supposed to be this emotional scene where she's explaining. And I'm like, from both actresses, I had zero emotion when they left that room. I was like, okay, I can understand the anger, but... Her pacing was off as she's describing everything. She rushed it. Yes, she was so rushful. And then her emotion just felt like when you're trying to fake be upset, for someone, you know what I mean? Because it's like you want them to be sympathetic, but you're not actually upset. Like that's what it felt like to me. Yeah. Eh. No? Well, nothing, nothing. How, there. How you <laughs> I, I I I never saw in the heights, so I can't tell you um much None about her. saw in the heights. No one no one wanted I don't I you can't convince me people actually saw that movie. Like yeah. I, I, I haven't. I still I still haven't seen um the new West Side story either. Um but 
I didn't hate her. Like, I wanted her little sister to get stabbed. I really, really did. But I, you know, I yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't hate her. Was she the best? No, I see why they picked her. Um, mm. I, mm, I think Jenny Ortega yeah. did a better job than this girl. One hundred percent. Yeah, the the girl from Kara, she was way better. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, she was she, uh, but she's in that new movie that just came out, X, which is something I really. Oh, I want to see X as seen. well. With, that's on yes, the list. It's, but um, it's on. It, it literally just came out. So. Yes, it did. But yeah. I also like. I just. I. I fucking love. Um, this the <laughs> the entire what is it a uh, motive for Richie and oh. Amber. This yeah. whole like because they're mad at the way the franchise of films have been going and Stab Eight essentially sent them over the edge, <laughs> and they alluded to the fact that Ryan Johnson wrote and directed it, which I think is a yes. direct like like uh basically it's like making fun of him and what he's done with star wars and the way that fans <laughs> reacted to star wars you know what i mean like i think like, this is very intentional that's amazing um and i just love that they're like yeah we met on <laughs> on reddit and we had the same feelings about the <laughs> franchise and then what did he say he's like um Nobody takes true fans seriously. How can fandom be toxic as he's fucking killing people? <laughs> they they did a great job of not making him uh, be sympathetic at all. Yes. I did oh. not like him. And, you, and I also was one of the people that figured out he was probably one of the killers oh, uh, yeah. early on. Yeah. So I was waiting for him to die. And like I, when he became such a whiny little movie fanboy, I was like, Stab him multiple times. But it's so true. I mean, it, but it was just like it was um it was just a really funny movie that also or sorry, funny motive that also felt true to the rest of the series because everyone's motives are always so like off fucking base. You know what I mean? Like even Billy's motive, oh your mom made my parents divorce. I'm yeah. gonna murder everyone is insane. <laughs> Insane. You know, uh, going out. Love talking. And Stu and Stu was just in love with Billy, so he would have yeah. done anything. Oh, one hundred percent. You know, yeah. my favorite characters though in the movie is Mindy. Like she, she's great. Has these little one-liners in the fucking movie. Like I love the exchange between her and Richie, where he comes into the party at the end and again asks for beer because they only brought up that one fucking beer, uh, and he's like, "Hey." I'm going to go off and get a beer. Do you want to come with me? Yeah. No. 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 Good of you for asking, though. Yeah. But no. And he's like, and no. I'll be right back. Ah. Uh. Right back. And she's like, well, he's, he's dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking good. Oh, my God. Well, oh, she's the new Randy, which we saw because she was stabbed. It looked like she might have died from a stab wound, but we don't know until she's carried out. Same with her brother, which we find out Chad was never actually dead. Oh, I thought he did. I didn't no. realize he survived. No, did we no, see him again or did they just mention him? No, he's shown inside of an ambulance. So oh, the twins are alive. I was really tired when I watched this. <laughs> so, I mean, so we have the survivors for the next film. It's going to be, of course, Sam and Tara and then Mindy and Chad. Do you think we're still going to get legacy characters coming back for sequels? Do you think we're still going to have Nev Campbell? We're going to have Courtney I, Cox? No, because they literally said we're passing the torch. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's it. That's that, that was but, and that was 
exactly what they said in the room. They're like, that's what you, that's what a requel is. You reboot it, <laughs> but then you, it's to revamp the franchise with, without not acknowledging the previous franchise. So essentially it's like, this is their last hurrah. Now they're passing on the torch, the mantle to the next group of people to carry on the series. Nice. But as long as Ghost Dad Billy Loomis is in the next movie, I'll be just fine. Oh, for I sure. love I want to see Dad. more Ghost. bloody stabbed Ski Ulrich CGI face. Um, I mean, they're just setting her up to be a killer in like, you know, whatever, the, the fourth rendition I of this movie. I 100% think they are yeah. because they know they can never make Sydney the killer. But I think now the way horror movies are today, I think she might up to be the killer. I'd be down for that. I told Josh at one point I thought maybe Sydney was the killer in this movie because she doesn't have an iPhone. And, you know, that's just truth. Yeah. Truth. People that don't have iPhones tend to be serial killers. I agree. Well, no, it's because for the longest time, Apple had a thing where they could only use Apple phones in movies if they were not a villain. I'm not even joking. It's a real thing. Yeah. Oh, you're right. That was the giveaway. Yes. Yes. That was the dead giveaway for a lot of movies. And, so when Sydney's on the phone and she turns and I was like, that is not an iPhone. I, I get, that is probably 100% on purpose from the, the directors. Like, I bet they did that on purpose Actually, as a little hint. I agree, Josh. That might be it because that was the whole premise of Scream 1 was they marketed everything yeah. with Drew Barrymore in order to fake mm-hmm. out who the real, like, lead was going to be. So could have been a red herring. Could have been. Well, uh, let's talk about ratings then. Jade, where do you, where do you put this film? Ooh, you know what? I'm going to say gem. Oh, it's not a treasure yet just because I, I don't know. The, the lead didn't push it there for me. See, yeah, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to cut you because I, I think this is a treasure. I'm usually not bullish on things. I'm usually like a little more pessimistic, but like this for me, oh my God. It ex- I think it's because it exceeded my expectations. I went into this thinking like, I mean, I think I've just erased from my memory the fact that I watched Scream 4 and that I've watched Scream 2, like to the point where I just don't remember anything from it. This is what I wanted all along. Like, Mm. since the first Scream, this is exactly what I wanted. And they they gave me the requel that I want. Like, they knew the formula and they delivered it. Like, above what they they should have done. It was amazing. All right. How about you, Walt? What do you think we have? What is your what is what is your ranking system? Well, we just assume say, everyone knows yeah. our rating system. Let's find the like, ranking system. Everyone so, should know by now. Essentially, <laughs> these are the categories of what you would put this film in. We have the worst. The worst is dumpster fire. Like no one should watch this. Yeah. Trash. It could be kind of good trash or bad trash, but either way, it's like it's not great. Um, then we have shelf, which means it's a watchable might- movie, but you'll probably never return to it again. Um, Jim yeah. is is a good movie that people should watch, but it's not something that maybe you would rank as one of the best movies. Like everyone should be watching this right now. It's so amazing. Treasure is that top one. Like this is, everyone should be watching this movie. This is something people are going to be talking about for years. Ah, okay. Um, so I've watched this already multiple times. Um, oh, wow. I think every, wow. I think every horror fan should watch this. Yeah. Watch this movie. If you're, especially if you're a fan, of the franchise. Because I will say Scream 1, the original Scream, that's a treasure. Yes, absolutely. That's what we ranked it. Yes. Mm-hmm. I will throw this just underneath that. So, Jim. Jim, which is what gem I rated of, it. It's a gem. 
This can go either way, though, depending with what the next movie, what the next yes. movie does. If the next movie is trash, it's going to just stay at a gem. But if the next movie ties this story in a little bit, a little bit more, bump a little bit better, treasure. I, I will bump it up to. A I treasure. agree on that. I mean, I agree. All right. Yes. Well, that was our review of. that was our review and i'm going to make a a definitive just decision here of scream 2022 we all agree go watch it there's certain rules to surviving attacks were all on people related to the original killers whatever his link is to our past it's pulled us all back here I won't sleep until he's in the ground. Hello, Sydney. It's an honor. And once again, that was our review of Scream 2022. The recall. Uh, <laughs> I haven't said where it's streaming yet uh, because I am so jet lagged. Uh, it's on Paramount Plus. Yes. And is you that can it? Rent it on Amazon Prime. And, and Apple TV Plus. And also, if you're flying on Delta right now in the next few weeks, you can watch it for free. I'm <laughs> there, uh, maybe. Actually, you know what? I didn't have it on the plane going down to New York because I wanted to watch it then, but I did on the mm. way back. Maybe because I was, I don't know if I mentioned this yet, I was in first class. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what i do really quickly? I know this is uh, kind of an extra long episode, but I wanted to because the... Oscars are on this Sunday, and actually they would have already been on by the time we give these predictions, so uh, people can just say how wrong we are. We're doing this prior to, and then we'll (laughs) see how right we are. We can talk about that next week, but I think we just hit four of the categories, Jade, today real quick, Um, starting with best actor in a leading role, and I think this is pretty cut and dry for me. I think Benedict Cumberbatch, Mm -hmm, Power the Dog, although I will say... I would like to see Andrew Garfield win. I, I would. Like, I thought Tick, Tick, Boom was very good. Yeah. I don't know if it's his best performance, but, like, I think it's as good as any to give him Did this award. And that? I think he's in line for one. Yeah, I, I think he's about due. Um, I haven't seen Tick, Tick, Boom. Uh, just not my, you know, jam. But I don't doubt that he's probably giving a great performance. Yeah, I mean, and and I will say, I'm making passing some judgments here. Having not seen Being the Ricardos, I saw the I trailer of King Richard, and <laughs> that's all I that. need to see. I watched about 20 minutes of Denzel Washington and the Tragedy of Macbeth. It's good. It's I understand why he's here. Yeah. I just don't think anyone's close to Benedict Cumberbatch in this. Mm. Uh, what, uh, did you, oh, what's your prediction, Jade? I was just going to move on without even asking you. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I've only seen a few of these, and really I feel like you're correct in that. Like, Javier Bardem, although he does a good job of being the Ricardos, he did not embody Desi Arnaz to me, in which mm. case I think he kind of failed the objective, right? You know? Um, Will Smith was just Will Smith and King Richard. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it. it Wasn't like the best performance in the world. I have to tell you, I was in line at TSA and it took every fiber of my being to not make a comment when I was going through. They were having a conversation, the TSA agents, and they go, hey, man, you seen this uh, uh, being Richard? Man, Will Smith, we're the best actors of our time. He's amazing. And I was like, "Mm, uh, (laughs) we love Will Smith. I do like Will, but... Basic, sir. What movie? Like, I I wanted to stop right. There. I knew I have a problem, Jay, because I wanted to stop right there at the risk of being frisked by you know taking into a back room and be like, um, can we run through your cinematic history because I just yeah. want to understand yeah. what what we're talking about here. <laughs> Immediate <counselor>. God. <laughs> but no, I agree. I think this might be Benedict Cumberbatch. You know, you know, for the 
the big five categories here, I think leading actress is the one that's the most open right now. Um, I will say that I mentioned this a while back. I did watch like a third of Spencer. <laughs> this is definitely not Kristen Stewart's best performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, again, having not seen nearly any of these movies, I mean, I've heard great things about Jessica Chastain. Olivia Coleman is pretty much great in everything. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, 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 my wife watched, uh, Danielle watched, The Lost Daughter said she had a great performance. Um, I, I think this is almost anyone's Anything Oscar. Game. Other like, than Nicole Kidman. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I was, <laughs> you don't even know how close I was to saying that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like, I just, my eyes went over her name, Nicole Kidman here. I was like, that'll be Cruz. I've heard good things. Olivia Coleman, I've heard good things. Kristen Stewart, Jessica Chastain. And I was like, I have not heard the same about Nicole Kidman, no, honestly. Sorry. Her <laughs> Lucille Ball was not great. You know, I, I'm just going to go out and say it. I, I think I'm going to give this to Jessica Chastain. I, I'm going to I'm gonna give it to I her. I think so, too. I think Olivia Coleman has her days. And, like, you know what I mean? Like I, she's great. Yeah, she's fantastic. But I think Jessica Chastain, this might be her year. And I think Christine, we've talked about Kristen Stewart. I, I think her acting now is at a point in her career where we're going to see her back here again. An award. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're going to see her back, and it's going to be for something better. Yeah. Because if she wins for this, I, I don't need to watch the entire movie. If she wins for this, it's not. It's going to be because of two things. One, the Academy's just in love with everything to do with the crown and the royal family and two because of Kristen Stewart's past performances. That's what it's going to be. Right. Yeah. Because that's how we felt about Leonardo DiCaprio getting it for The Revenant. Well, we know that. We know that's why. Exactly. We know because that's he why. He deserve it for The Revenant. He no. deserved it for so many other films. But I just think it was that thing of like, well, he's due for one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he in which he was. Like, he was, he was he absolutely was. due for one. Uh, let's talk about, you know, uh, director. If I can actually get to my notes here and find where the directing role is. But um, I, I, so I drive my car still on my list. I mean, we all knew Paul Thomas Anderson. Like, he basically puts out a movie. He's going to get nominated. We know that. And I'm not going to take anything away from Licorice Pizza. Belfast, I've heard nothing but great things. West Side Story is not going to win. I don't care how good that movie is. It is absolutely not going to win Sorry, in directing. Jane Campion. I think it's Jane Campion. I think it's Jane Campion. I, I, yeah. I just think this is her year. It's going to be a good story for the, you know, also for the Academy if she wins, a female director. But also... Having, again, not seen all of these movies, but I mean, Power of the Dog is great. It I cannot stress that enough. Like, people are going to get angry who are watching because it's not a fun movie to watch. But, like, yeah. it is more original, I will I argue, like, than any of these. If it's not Jane Campion, I feel like it's going to be Ryosuke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car. I agree. I, like, I, think, I, I think those are the two for me. Yeah, I yeah. think those are the top two. And because um, I've heard nothing but incredible things for Drive My Car. I... Like the trailer alone already, you know, I could tell. The mere fact that it's it's nominated in both the foreign film yes. and it makes and in best picture makes me think of Parasite. Like right. and having not seen it yet, but I mean, I, I agree. I think that's the dark horse in this category for mm-hmm. sure. And 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 going on to best picture, I would also argue that uh, you know Drive My Car is probably the dark horse in this entire one. And just to read down the list here, we have West Side Story, Power of the Dog. Nightmare Alley, Licorice Pizza. Why there's so many? Yes. King Richard, Dune, Drive My Car, Don't Look Up, Coda, and Belfast. Now I've seen one, two, three, four, what five, six, six uh, of this in the list, and I'll say all of these, most of these, I'd recommend. I mean, to go see, I'd, I'd probably am yeah. going to end up seeing all of them. 
I still think Power of the Dog is going to come away the winner here. Like, I think that, to me, is is a heavy favorite. Probably Drive My Car is the dark horse in this category. And mm-hmm. if, I think the only other thing that maybe could sneak up here, maybe Belfast. I was about maybe. to say, I feel like the third would be Belfast simply because it's what the Academy loves. It's this black and white period piece. Mm-hmm. It's very, like... Kind of a little bit Art Nouveau. I feel like it's the movie that all these artists want to make. You know what I mean? Like yes. it's it's that it's that movie that in film school you always kind of do. You're like, oh, I want to use 16 millimeter yes. and I want to shoot in mm-hmm. black and white and I want to tell a really dramatic story. I'm not taking anything away from Belfast because I've, I've only heard good things. But right. I mean, you're right. I think stylistically, at just first glance, yes. I think for a lot of these career filmmaking folks, they're like. I wish I could make this movie. Yeah. You know? That's why I think, like, if, like we said, if it's not Power of the Dog, if it's not Drive My Car, I feel like Belfast would be the other ringer. Yeah, because, and some of these, I mean, some of these nominations, honestly, just has to be about advertising, right? Like, <laughs> Dune isn't even a complete movie. Uh, it's not even a complete movie. And we said this before, Dune is a great film. I just don't think it's Oscar worthy in terms of best picture. Like, it just, it's not hitting. There, I think there's other categories that it definitely fits. Costume design, um, some sound design. Yeah. I, I think there's some great, you know, cinematography happening. But as far as best picture, I don't think it's strong. And enough. for some of this stuff, is it just because you get enough star power that you get a nomination? Like, don't look but, up. Like, <laughs> don't look up. Like, like, don't look up. I mean, and I would even argue to an extent, I enjoyed Nightmare Alley, kind of. But like, this is not Guillermo del Toro's best work. No, it's not. It, it, it's simply this is not Shape of Water. This is not Pan's Labyrinth. And this is not Pan's Labyrinth. Like, it's it's okay. It's just... Like, Hell, it, it's not even Hellboy. No. It, <laughs> good call there. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I think we gave our predictions there. I don't even remember because I'm quickly losing uh, all consciousness here. Uh, but, Jade, before we go, uh, I'm going to be watching the Oscars and we'll, we'll, I'm sure I'll have plenty to complain about Absolutely. because there's always something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But next week, looking ahead, we went back and forth on movies here, and yeah. we found another, like, well, I don't want to say gem, because we haven't read it yet, <laughs> but another diamond in the rough, it seems, on Hulu. Yeah. Uh, this is Fresh, uh, which came out recently with Daisy Edgar Jones and Sebastian Stan. I've actually seen a couple different things about this on TikTok as it's uh, starting to gain some traction here, but uh, it's a horror film that involves cannibalism. Oh, I'm excited because uh, you know what? I think this gives us more of a chance to explore elevated horror and (laughs) maybe do a a requel of some of our, like, you know, horror favorites or talk a little more about the horror genre because I think there's a lot going on in that space, right? now oh absolutely and i think even on our show there's been a trend of a lot of horror and thrillers that we've been doing because i think they've just been i don't know new yeah like like in like new in a good way you know like really moving something forward so we're gonna dive more into that next week so come back for our movie review of brush now streaming on hulu all right and we'll see you actually before we let people go i'm forgetting everything (laughs) jade where can people find us before we let them go you can find us on our socials we are on facebook twitter instagram and tiktok you can also find us on our tastestrash.com i promise we will update things (laughs) (laughs) and for real now we're gonna go and we'll see you all next week to get ourselves a treat